Amen. Amen. We've got a few minutes left. Let's talk about Christmas. <laughs> uh, I want to just share a couple verses with you from Isaiah. You know, Christmas was planned. There's uh, How many of you have planned for Christmas? You shopped? You prepared? You got a meal? Anybody going to make a meal? Did you do your Christmas shopping? Right? Have you made plans on where you're going to go for Christmas? All right, well, Christmas was well planned out by God. It was. Isaiah is probably the centerpiece prophetically for Christmas. So let's go through, and I've taught this a million times, well, at least 32 times to you uh, over the years. I just want to go over it again because you can help others at Christmas learn. And there's a number of you who are not aware of some of these prophecies. So let's start with the first Christmas prophecy from Isaiah a shoot will come up from the stump of Jesse. From his roots, a branch will bear fruit. The spirit of the Lord will rest on him. The spirit of wisdom and of understanding, the spirit of counsel, of might, the spirit of knowledge, and the fear of the Lord. He will delight in the fear of the Lord. Who's that talking about? Jesus. So it identifies Jesus as a shoot will come out from the stump of Jesse. Does anybody know who Jesse is? Father of David. All right, so uh, I'm sorry. Yeah, the father of King David. So what line was that? Uh, What tribe? Sorry. Judah. Okay, so there's going to be a shoot or a sprout that's going to come up from the stump of Jesse. What is a, how is a stump made? Yeah, the tree's cut. The tree's cut down. But though the tree's cut down, don't worry. There's going to be a shoot that's going to come out of that tree that was cut down. Okay? And that's a prophecy. Now, here's a really neat thing. In Hebrew, the word for shoot is Nazar, as in Nazareth, branch town, shoot town. All right, Nazareth is, is, the, is the small plant, it's the little, right? Okay, so where did Jesus come from? Nazareth. So, but Jesus is that little shoot. Now let's, let's go into this a little deeper so you understand. When was this line of Judah cut off? Do we have any idea? I'm glad you asked. That's why Matthew and Luke put their genealogies. How many of you just skip by genealogies? Right? What's interesting about the genealogies in Matthew and Luke is they give two genealogies that are the same all the way till David, but then they branch off. Luke's genealogy is the genealogy of Mary. Matthew's genealogy is the genealogy of Joseph. All right? Now, David had a number of sons, but his firstborn was Nathan. Nathan was the legal heir to the throne of David. But did David choose Nathan? 
to be king. He chose Solomon. Solomon became the royal heir to the throne. All right? And so what's first of all interesting is that Mary and Joseph weren't just anybody, were they? Because they were both direct descendants to King David. But there's a very important key here. Because on Joseph's line, it came through Solomon, the king line, the royal line. And when it came to the time of Babylon, Jehoiakim was cursed by God. And God said, render this man childless, that his children will not reign on the throne of David. And so there you see this, the tree, the royal tree of King David, what? Cut off. But a sprout came. And that's Jesus. So was Joseph Jesus' biological father? No. But Mary gave birth to Jesus. So Jesus is the legal king to the throne of David, bypassing the curse that was put on the royal lineage. So Jesus, when they nailed that sign above him on the cross, King of the Jews, they were right. He was the legal heir. Joseph adopts Jesus, and he becomes the son of Joseph, the royal heir to the throne, but he bypasses the curse. It doesn't fall on him. And so out of the stump of Jesse, a shoot, a branch shall come that is fully ordained legally to be king and royally to be king, but bypassing the curse. Also bypassing another curse. Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, an Alma, a virgin, shall conceive and bear a son, and she shall call his name Emmanuel. It's the very same thing that Gabriel said to Mary. No, to Joseph in a dream. Virgin shall conceive, you shall call his name Emmanuel, God with us. But here's the other bypass of the curse. The Lord himself will give you a sign. Now some people say the Hebrew word for virgin here is Alma, which just means young lady. But a young lady getting pregnant is not much of a sign. But a young lady who is a virgin getting pregnant, now that's a sign. Now, it's, it's interesting because Luke's genealogy goes all the way back to Adam. Matthew's genealogy goes back to Abraham. So proving the line, but it goes all the way back to Adam. So let's understand something about the virgin birth. The virgin birth is absolutely essential to the doctrine of Christianity. It's not something we can throw away. Many churches have. Okay? The reason it is essential is because the virgin shall conceive and bear a son. And so the Holy Spirit implants the seed of God himself within Mary. Mary 
offers the egg. And so you have a human being fertilized by the seed of God. What curse does that bypass? Adam's curse, the fall. Because a baby inside a mother's womb, the blood never mingles with the mother. You can have a lady that's pregnant that has one blood type and the baby has a totally different blood type. They don't share the blood. Life is in the blood. And uh, the curse flows from Adam through the blood. But Jesus, again, not only bypassed the curse that was on the line of Judah and Jehoiakim, he bypasses the curse that was on Adam and all of mankind. He's fully human, fully man, but outside of the curse of Adam, therefore he is a pure and spotless lamb that he can offer his life for all of Adam's ancestors. And so if you can transfer out of Adam and into Jesus, you are clean. How do we get out of Adam and into Jesus? The new birth. you got to die. But you don't want to die in Adam, do you? So God provided a place for all of us to die. Where's that at? At the cross. You come and die with him. And he will give you new life. And you are now born again in Christ Jesus, taken out of Adam. You're outside the curse of Adam. You're no longer a sinner. You are now a saint, a child, a son of God. Because you are created immediately by God himself. Pretty cool, huh? So the virgin birth is important. Another prophecy. Let's find another one. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Who's this? Jesus. Unto us a child is born. So there's the biological part. He's he's the, the Son of God. But what is Jesus' favorite term that he uses for himself in the Gospels? Son of man. So he's the son of man because he has to represent all of mankind in his mediation to God. He stood in our place before God, right? So a child is born and then a what? A son is given. He is the son of God. Now listen, God didn't have celestial sex with some female spirit, as the Mormons believe. Okay? Didn't happen. He is the Word of God. The begotten of God means He emanates from the Father. He's the expression of the Father, the exact expression of the Father. That expression and communication from the Father put on flesh, and He shall be as a son to me, and I shall be as a father. So that's the son that's given. So you've got... Jesus, who is a child of mankind, a son of man, and you've got Jesus, who is the Son of God in full authority of the deity of Godhead, represented in this child, and what's going to be on his shoulder? What government? The United States? Russia? The kingdom of God. My kingdom is not of this world. And his kingdom is invading this planet. You're all ambassadors of his government. What does it mean it's on his shoulders? What is it? Anybody got an idea of that? The authority. 
the authority. The authority of his government's on his shoulders. And uh, uh, kings used to have keys. They would have the keys on their shoulders. All right? So he has the keys to the kingdom, right? And they would carry him. So the authority of the government's on his shoulder. And his name shall be called Wonderful. What does wonderful mean? (laughs) Full of wonder. Exactly right. So when Jesus was ministering, was he full of wonder? Yeah, he was wonderful, man. He made everybody go, oh. So he's full of wonder. Is he a counselor? What's a counselor do? Wisdom? Advice? Did Jesus have wisdom? Right? He, he, yeah, he is the wisdom of God, the full treasures of wisdom and knowledge of God. So he is wonderful, full of awe and wonder. He is the counselor or the wisdom of God, and he's the mighty God. Now, does that mean he is, what does it mean, mighty God? Actually, the Hebrew word is El Gabor. El Gabor. And it means mighty warrior. Did Jesus ever fight? Did he ever go to battle? In the temple? Where was his greatest war? The cross. And what did he do to Satan? defeated him. El Gabor, the mighty warrior. Jesus went to war for us. He's the El Gabor. He's the mighty God. He is invincible. He he defeated and disarmed Satan. Not only Satan, but he disarmed sin, that curse, and he broke the power of death. That's El Gabor. He's powerful. So he's wonderful, full of wonder. He's full of wisdom and counsel. He is mighty as as a warrior He's the everlasting Father. Ah, now the Jesus-only people. Do you know what I mean by Jesus-only? All right, there's a, it's not, I'm not, I'm not going to agree that it's Christianity. They are non-Trinitarian. They only believe in Jesus. It's called modalism. They believe the Father became the Son, the Son became the Spirit, okay? And uh, you can only be baptized in Jesus' name only. And so they're, they're called Jesus only, okay? But they negate the triunity, that, uh, the Godhead, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And they'll use this verse to prove it. See, he's the everlasting Father. It says right there. But you've got to go to the Hebrew. He is the Ab, all right? The, uh, let's see, what is it? Ab-Ad, Ab-Ad. The better way to understand it in English is the father of everlasting. He's the father of everlasting life. So father means the progenerator, the one who gives everlasting life. So how do you get saved? Jesus. If you want eternal salvation, eternal life, you have to come to the one it flows out of. That's Jesus. It's not saying he's the father. He was speaking to the father. There's a, there's a distinction between the Father and the Son, though they are one, all right? But He is the Father of everlasting. That's why He's the fountainhead. He's the Father of eternal life. Last of all, He is the what? Prince of Peace. Get to know each of these names as, of Jesus. 
Call upon each of them. In your prayer time this week, prepping for Christmas, ask Jesus to show himself as wonderful, full of wonder. Ask him to counsel you. Ask him to go to war for you as the mighty warrior. Ask him for eternal life and peace. Amen? All right, that's Isaiah 2. So, so far, we've got this amazing design of Jesus that is the shoot, the Nazare, the branch that comes out of the curse of Jesse's family. That means it was no, you know, people say, there's no one else that could be the Savior and the Messiah other than Jesus. To become a, the, the Messiah, you have to have bypassed all these obstacles that God allowed to be in the way so that no one could pretend to be that. And so he came out of the root and stump of Jesse, bypassing the curse on the family line, and he was born of a virgin, bypassing the curse of Adam, and he is supernatural wisdom and power and eternal life and peace from God. And last of all, he will arise and shine, for his light has come. The glory of the Lord has risen upon him. For behold, darkness shall cover the earth, and a thick darkness the people. But the Lord will arise upon you, and his glory will be seen upon you, and nations shall come to your light, and kings to the brightness of your rising. The Jews think that's Israel. That is not Israel. It is the Messiah, the anointed one, the bright light of God. Jesus said, I am the light of God. Amen? And so, arise, shine. Now, if you're in Christ, you get to say this too. Arise, shine, for your light has come. The glory of the Lord has risen upon you. And so, this is Christmas from Isaiah. And uh, I'd like you to consider the depth of it. It's a beautiful thing to see the story of the star and the walk to Bethlehem. God orchestrated them to go to Bethlehem and the shepherds and the angels and the wise men. But it's so much deeper than that as well in the realm of God's legal authority for Jesus to literally be the only one who can take the scroll of seven seals of ownership to all that God created because he is the glory of God manifest. Amen?